We are touching the hearts of our seniors for the 12 Days of Goodness on the Answers for Elders podcast network. Get to know what we're up to this season of 2021. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio and 12 Days of Goodness Radio right now because we are opening 12 Days of Goodness. Actually, we opened yesterday, Friday, on Blue Friday at the North Shore Senior Center, and we are going to be doing events all 12 days um, in senior living or not senior living communities, but senior communities. But we are this year for the first time officially teamed up with the Seahawkers Booster Club. And I am here with the president of the Central Council of the Seahawkers, Yolanda Morgan. And Yolanda, welcome back um, to this segment. Um, you know, I want to go back a little bit about our just because we're focusing on seniors, I want to th- talk about kind of the cultural fabric of how our original 12s, you know, they, they started the legacy, right? Um, you know, I remember, I have all kinds of memories of going to the kingdom with my father. Um, he had a motor home and there was like a million motor homes in the, in the um, kingdom parking lot. And we would, that was tailgating back then. There wasn't Hawk Alley yeah. back then. It was actually, you would have people that would, they would show up in buses and motorhomes and campers and, and they would have barbecues and, and all kinds of things out on the, you know, in front and you'd walk amongst all these uh, motorhomes and there'd probably be a hundred of them that were be, that were out there. And, um, you know, I remember that big kingdom parking lot that was just so, I mean, those are rich memories. And of course there was Bill, the beer man, and there was Rick, the peanut guy. And there was all these different types of characters that were in the early days. So Yolanda, how did the Seahawkers play into those, those times? And what, what kind of memories do you know about? Well, the thing of it is, is that, okay. So 76, I was probably, I was barely 12 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and my father, I mean, I'm, I was the only child, only daughter, you know, and so he instilled many of the loves he had for all the sports that he watched. Mm -hmm. So that's how I became pretty much a fan of our local sports. Um, you know, he and I, we, we weren't rich in any means, but we were rich in, of course, family and love. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't attend. I mean, we didn't have the opportunity to, of course, attend a game, but we, of course, from our chairs in our own I love that. for I that. Love that and so you know to be to be a part of this now it's absolutely amazing to me it's almost like a dream to me and it's been a passion of mine I mean um, one of the biggest loves I have is of course the Seahawks um, and so when I see when I'm able to now see and meet like Mr. and Mrs. Seahawk, you know, Jeff and Dee Dee, um, when I'm able to not only see Mama Blue, but have personal conversations with her, that will, for a lifetime, however much longer I have on this earth, will mean so much to me. And to know that this woman was the one that started the she way- the original cheerleader. Yeah. Truly. She, <laughs> she was- She still or- is. Yeah. <laughs> 
she is still like a good luck charm. I mean, I remember guys pretty much, you know, telling us how they would never, ever go to our side of the line until they've either touched her, hugged her, yeah. or had words with her um, before they actually went on their way. That was John her. Ryan. I remember with John Ryan, um, one of the things that she always shared with me was that John Ryan would not take the field until he touched her and, and came up to her. And Dave Craig and her still have an incredibly close friendship. Um, and that's another one that used to always connect with her. And that's one of the reasons why her seats are right there at the tunnel. So she yeah. is able to kind of be there with the guys. And, and oftentimes after the games, they give her stuff. <laughs> you know, they give her like their <laughs> gloves and their all this stuff. I mean, I love the fact that there's just been this longstanding history with her and now that she's in her 90s it's really amazing to me to um see how she's still with us and certainly um we're so blessed to have her absolutely well, and and she has a deep history also with the seahawkers yes, she, she is does president um for the organization for a long time as well in fact she has often said to me i i have a, an album for you that i would love to give to you uh-huh. you know of all the things that I had put together back then when I was president and to hear about how she held her meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. She would invite many of the current players to her meetings. She would, you know, basically serve them a meal, you know, so they would come and a meal was involved and they would bring their wives and their kids during the meetings. And so I'm sitting here going, wow, I would love to be able to do that again. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some of our meetings and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, back then, you know, that brings up the point of in the kingdom days, the players would arrive at the same times that the fans would, and they would walk in the the kingdom along Mm -hmm. with the crowd. So you'd see like Jim Zorn and Steve Largent walking up with the fans and they're cheering them and they're walking through the crowd and doing that kind of a dynamic. Um, We don't do that anymore. But one of the things I think that there's really been a connection with the team from day one started there. And it started the fact that they were um, just basically part of us and in the early days. And um, of course, obviously for security reasons and things like that, the world has changed, but um, it's so amazing to have seen that. So obviously we, we have to say um, one of the things that's so amazing about the Seahawks and about the legends that we have that go to on the visits is that I think we have 44 that live here that still yeah. live here in Seattle? Well, like yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if there are even more than that, um, because it's just absolutely amazing how they come and they play for this, for our team. Mm-hmm. And yet they love it so much here that they want to make it their home. Yeah. Um, and so I'm almost certain that the number's got to be higher than that. Uh, you know, it's growing all the time, obviously. And then we've had some that moved away, but then they came back to live oh, yeah. here. Um, you know, my neighbor, my next door neighbor, Antonio Edwards, um, he played for the Seahawks, I think for seven years, Mm -hmm. Antonio's my next door neighbor (laughs) and, um, he moved away and came back and now he lives here full time. Um, Walter Jones, same thing, you know, he's back here for good. Um, uh, you know, Edwin Bailey again, here's that's another one that, um, of our legends that have 
you know, that they went back home, but they decided, no, I really want to be in Seattle. Some of our legends actually have multiple homes and still maintain a home here. And, and so that's an amazing thing. But then we've got people like Cam Chancellor and Cliff Averill and Mike and Doug Baldwin. They all live, still live here in Seattle. And that's the thing that I think is so incredible about, again, our culture and learning about the different teams. As I started 12 Days of Goodness and I started working with the Alumni Association, I learned what a unique area and and culture that we have compared to all other NFL teams. Because one of the things that um, when I was speaking with the um, alumni association one day, their, their community outreach person said to me, "Um, I want to let you know um, that Seattle is unique in the fact that you've got such a cluster, a strong unification of fans in your area. Um, In like, for example, if you look down a street in New Jersey, you're going to see jets, um, you know, fans, you're going to see Giants fans, you're going to see uh, Washington fans, you're going to see all different types, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so the thing that is so interesting about Seattle is that we truly have such a strong fan base of millions and millions of fans. But I really want to commend, you know, a lot of the reasons why we do is because of people like like, you know, the Seahawkers, I like Mama Blue. It's a culture that was created. It's community. And it's people that feel like they're part of this fabric. And I think this is what, when we say the Seahawkers are such an exceptional organization, I truly believe that because that's what they've been able to achieve here that really no place else in the country has been able to do. Well, you know, when I first um, got involved with the Seahawkers back in 2015 and I came in as an interim secretary. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about the Seahawkers at that time. I didn't even know they existed. It wasn't until I asked, hey, what is it that you guys do on the off season, you know, postseason? And it was um, Syl Ward who actually said, you know, you need to join the Seahawkers. And of course, she belongs to South Sound. So I joined South Sound. Mm-hmm. And so it's like from that point on, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is absolutely wonderful how the Seahawkers are integrated into so many things that the Seahawks do. And so now as being president, what I'm trying to do is, of course, align many of the things that we support in regards to what the things, of course, the Seahawks support as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and that includes our senior community, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're definitely, um, you know, uh, supportive, very supportive in regards to the partnership that we've put together this year mm-hmm. and going out into, you know, the communities of the seniors and um, showing them love and bringing them, you know, the legends, of course, tell stories about football games and all that. But um, it's, it's definitely, we are definitely a unique club, a unique organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I, are. I've been told that by Mike Flood, who is, our, of course, our VP of Community Relations, He has clearly has stated many, many times over in the years that I've been involved with this organization, how very different, very unique, and that we're by all means like no other. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have other other teams who are actually envious of the fan base. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so Yolanda, we encourage every single fan out there, if you're 12, just go to seahawkers.org. That's S-E-A-H-A-W-K-E-R-S dot org. And just sign up and be a member because you know what? It's really easy. You can do it online. 
Um, the great part about that is, is that it, you, you become kind of an official fabric. You'll get a membership card. You'll be in touch with a lot of the inside things that are going on with the team that you, that the average 12s don't get. And in the meantime, we're going to talk a little bit more about the history, about our, how our seniors have been involved. And also as we moved into what's now called Lumen Field, but it's taken on several names as well. And Yolanda will be right back with us right after this. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsors, Humana and Care Partners. We are so grateful for your sponsorship, as well as all the senior providers that came forward to make our events happen over the 12 Days of Goodness. To each and every one of you, have a happy holiday season 2021. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.